Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, Corey Parson, Fantasy Executive, my man, George Kurtz. Telephone lines open, you want to get involved with this, keep the questions, get them with strategy. Want to talk fantasy football? That number is 844-843-6879. George, I want to talk a lot about tight ends in this hour, but um, I want to start off talking about um, the business of football and how some of these things work. Interesting story this morning on NFL.com about uh, Falcons GM Thomas Dimitrov said when he was at the Super Bowl, he ran into Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers said to Thomas Dimitrov, I need you to get the Matt Ryan deal done so I can get ahead and move on with my life. More or less saying Matt Aaron Rodgers is ready to uh, Matt Ryan, you set the market. I'll come back and set the market again. And then next year, this time, Dak Prescott will set the market. But Aaron Rodgers clearly looking to get paid by the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, he wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL until Dak takes that uh, role next year. Yeah, I heard that comment too. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, he uh, he's about ready. Let's let's go here. Get this contract done so I can uh, you know uh, start getting calls from my agent and otherwise. I think Rogers is a little unhappy. What's going on? And not that he's I not think so too. Back. I'm not saying that at all. No, he's but, not. Yeah, I think he's unhappy that Jordy was released. That uh, you know that I think they got rid of the quarterback coach and without, and they're not consulting him. I think he'd like to be a little bit more involved. Which once again, I don't blame him for. I don't think the team has to do that, mind you. You know, mm-hmm. you players play, you know, coaches, coach, general managers, general manage. So, uh, but that being said, I might not be against asking my top player either. I might not follow his advice, but just to make him feel like he's involved, sure. Uh, I probably would not have fired his coach, however, the quarterback coach, I think. Listen, if Rodgers feels comfortable with him, you keep the man. You know, I think that's a little silly to, to have done that, unless, the, like I said, well, unless they, the coach did something where he just had no choice. Exactly. Uh, with that being said, you know, I'm not so sure. Uh, I you know, you bring up Dak Prescott. He's got to do something this year. He was bad last year. He was not very good after a good first year. So, uh, if he has a so-so year again, he's going to put Dallas in a tough spot. But you, you, you have to pay him. You have to. More than likely, but are we talking a long, longer-term deal or a shorter-term deal? You know, a two, three-year deal. I mean, most of these deals, anyway, the way they're formatted, they could sign a nine-year deal. But generally, it's only two years, three at most, is where the guaranteed money is. After that, you can get out of it. And I think that's the way Dallas will, assuming Dak has a, uh, a point, which is, once again, a huge assumption. He might have a very good year with Elliott back all season. But the problem is, with that receiving core, that's going to be hard to see. I think he could have a so-so year and it not be his fault. But it's <clears throat> See, okay, it's, it's a number of different things. <clears throat> now, both of us being Dallas Cowboy fans, one thing we know about Jerry Jones, he's going to pay his quarterback. Because he wants the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys to be one of their top salary quarterbacks. That's just a Jerry Jones thing. So his quarterback is going to get paid. And I think they're in a spot where they're going to stick with Dak. And I think these moves actually help Dak out. Because it takes the pressure off him to consistently. The only thing that 
Des Bryant was elite in at this stage of his career was his targets. Everything else was below par, but his targets remained up there with the tops in the NFL. Now, the conversion rate and what he did after it wasn't really the best. <clears throat> with that being said, when you have your quarterback under contract for under a million dollars a year, you have to win. That's how Seattle won. We've seen New England win mainly because the quarterback is not costing them nothing, so they're able to build around them. We saw the team that just won the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's funny to say that, but they have the young quarterback not even making big money. They had the backup come in, not making big money. It's hard to win with big money quarterbacks. You look at the Seahawks now. Wilson got his money. The offensive line fell apart. Dallas is built on the O-line. They have to do something ASAP if they want to win the whole thing, George, because once Dak gets his money, Zeke comes up right. Zeke comes up next year too. What are you going to do? Let the offensive line fall apart? Correct. You got good young players developing on that defense now too. They're going to want to get paid. That's one of the reasons why Dez is not there right now. So it's like with the Cowboys, they have to figure out, okay, how do we make amends for this salary that we got to pay our two top offensive stars yet still keep the base of our team together, which is built up front on that offensive line? I believe right now, uh, as, of, uh, as of today, uh, going into next season, the Cowboys have $67 million in cap room. You know, uh, let you know they're, they're in pretty good cap shape for next season. That yep. being said, a lot of that is going is to go bye-bye real quick. Uh, yep. Zach Martin is going to get re-signed before this season. So that's going to eat up some room. DeMarcus Lawrence is playing on the franchise tag. They're going to have to re-sign him. I imagine a long-term deal. That's going to eat up some room there as well. You mentioned uh, uh, Prescott and Elliott. Whether they can do it, whether it won't count towards next year's cap, the cap the year after, remains to be seen. So there will be uh, issues there. It's uh, you, you, You're absolutely right. If you can win with your quarterback is not in counting, what, 15% against your cap, which is generally what it comes down to. You're making 24 $25 million. It's about one-seventh, about 14 15%. You're in much better shape. The Patriots, no one could ever compare themselves to the Patriots because that's just, I mean, not only do you got Brady willing to make less, but the, really, the reason he is is because his wife makes more money than he does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. A gazillion dollars. Right. So he could so afford to say that, uh, afford to take that hit. Not that he couldn't anyway, but he could afford to feel comfortable about doing that because, once again, Giselle makes so much money. He just wants the good players around. He wants to win more than make money. You know, I'm sure he realizes by now he can't. He can never spend all that money. Never. Mm-hmm. You know, his kids, 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 kids won't spend all that money. So it doesn't matter. So he can wait. So uh, it's, it's just a different, a lucky, a, be, a good kind of situation. But Russell Wilson, Seattle is a perfect, perfect situation. They were able to pay everybody else because they didn't have to pay the quarterback 25 million. Drew you know, Brees, and now the same it thing. does hurt. What you got, Drew Brees? It's it, it it's so much more beneficial to a team when you can do that. And Dallas has not taken advantage of that. You know, they haven't. Because uh, I don't think they go, they're going to do much of anything this, this season. Not with a team that's built around them right now. And by the time they do, they will have to pay Dak. Uh, so they're not going to be able to reap that benefit. So that's going to be interesting to see how that situation plays out when you look at, you know, some of these deals when you have to get the quarterback paid and it kind of takes away from what you're trying to do with the rest of the team so that window closes quickly. Uh, you see this story with uh, Cliff Averill saying that the Seahawks um, started to question, maybe not trust Pete Carroll 
after they lost that Super Bowl when he threw that pass. A lot of people in that locker room, which they're starting to clean out a lot of the bunch that was saying this, they felt as if Pete Carroll wanted Russell Wilson to throw that so he can get the MVP and not Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I mean, we, we all team, know there's a lot of stuff that, going on there. That team right there, that lo- I know that locker room is crazy. Well, it was crazy when you had those big personalities like Sherman, like Bennett on defense, more or less split against that big personality on offense, which was Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. I mean, there's there's no doubt Carroll made a mistake. You know, I I, and I, I truly hope that it was more trying to be cute. You know, then what the reason you just mentioned, because if that's the yeah. truth, I mean, I don't care. If I'm the head coach, of a team, I don't care how much I like somebody or dislike somebody. I want to win the game. I want to win the game. You know, yeah. I, I want to win the game. I mean, I, in that case, I could, maybe I don't play Marshall Lynch and start another running back. But either yeah. way, I'm running the ball there. It didn't make any sense <laughs> yeah, to throw exactly. the ball there. I I really do hope that's not the reason, because that, that's a shame if that's true. Because you, so you want to win the game. The play call didn't make sense. It was a bad call. You know, I I think like I said, I meant when we talked about the draft earlier. I don't know if it was with you or Kevin Walsh. Uh, I wonder if the game has passed Carroll by a little bit because you know you take a running back in the first round, you don't take an offensive lineman. Do you not see what the problem is here with your team? You can't keep having Russell Wilson run around for his life back there. You know, uh, so I I think uh, Carroll's made some mistakes. This Seattle is not the team they used to be. So many players leaving now. I mean, uh, Chancellor and Avery uh, are gone. They traded uh, Michael Bennett. Earl Thomas is waiting to be moved, right? I mean, it's, it seems to be just a matter of time. He's not showing up to OTAs. He obviously wants to be gone. You know, so uh, it's not the Seattle team we're used to. So you wonder if that's just a matter of time until that team is t- totally decimated. I mean, we know they're not as good as the Rams now. Are they even as good as the uh, the 49ers? I mean, have they come down to that level now where they're just not really in play of consideration? Uh, they're, if, if not so, it's damn close to being in that. But uh, I really hope. I really hope that's not the reason because he wanted Wilson to get the MVP over Lynch. I mean, I just think I, 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 I always thought it was because he just got cute and wanted to catch the Seahawks off guard where they were going to play the run and not the pass. I, I really hope that's the reason. There you go right there. So, uh, Jerick McKinnon, speaking of the 49ers, he had a couple interesting quotes coming out of OTA. He said the whole 49er team is talking Super Bowl. McKinnon goes out to San Fran now. Now he gets the opportunity to know Carlos Hyde to be a lead dog out there. I've seen McKinnon in the second and third round of fantasy drafts, and I'm like, wow, are we really doing that? McKinnon was excellent when Cook went down last year. Don't get me wrong, George, but do I want McKinnon as a guy? Listen, I know Shanahan's offense and what he does with running backs, but now you're giving McKinnon basically a chance to be the full-time guy out there, get that big workload or get the majority of the reps out there, and fantasy owners are going to them because of that offense, but they think Gucci and, Can- and Sh- uh, Garoppolo and Shanahan can do. So McKinnon is catching some of the uh, the uptick in fantasy circles. I'm just not comfortable going into a season with McKinnon. I mean, going into a dr- coming out of a draft with McKinnon as a second or third round draft pick, George. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I got to see more. Super Bowl. Forget Super. They go 19 and 0. They've never lost in the Garoppolo. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I don't know if anyone's pointed this out to you. Because you know no one's really talking about it, but they, they Garoppolo didn't lose a game last year. They're going nineteen and zero, man. They never, matter of fact, Garoppolo's never losing a game in his career. Just yeah, I can know. see that. I you can know, see so that happening. It, never. Listen, you just prorate the stats, man. Just prorate it. Never lost a game. Uh, it, it's silly. They're not going to Super Bowl. They're an improving team. 
Uh, they are an improving team, uh, and I like the moves they have made. I, but there are more moves that need to be made. Uh, now there's film on Garoppolo now, so they'll, yep. teams will realize how to slow him down and stop him. Uh, as for McKinnon, I can't take him in round two. All right, I can't. Uh, that's I, I won't be able to do that. I, I won't be able to justify taking him over a, a wide receiver that's going to be a better player than him. You know, you and I went over the situation before where I could mm-hmm. think about doing it. You know, it, McKinnon's. I can't see him being the guy I could take over any wide receiver that would be available in round two. You know, Evans and I would take Evans over McKinnon. After that, it becomes more interesting because all the running backs will be off the board. That's the problem. It's not so much the that I want McKinnon. I'm not dying for him. I have him as a, a you know mid-range running back too, solid guy, top 15, top 16. But it gets scary after that, you know, because you're not gonna have running backs left. And that's why yeah. I, I understand if someone's if someone wants to go running back, running back, like you've been discussing, well then McKinnon's going running uh, in the second round. You have no choice. Yeah. Because you know, nine, ten running backs are going to go in the first round. So if you if you say only six or seven go in the second round, that's still sixteen are gone, and he's in that top sixteen. So that's the no issue there. It. That's why I can see it. I don't want to do it, but I can see it. It's amazing what we've come to with these running backs. I tell you, George, it's it, it's uh it's funny how this season is uh, really what well, this draft season and this upcoming, you know, um, oh boy, I'm trying to. Uh, figure out my password, George. But uh, it's it's funny what uh what, what we've come to with this uh stuff in fantasy as far as these running back goes and how they're going to be va- valued and draft this upcoming season. Um, with that being said, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> I wish it was that simple, George. Sometimes you outsmart yourself with these passwords. You know that? Yes, I know it. Oh, I know. <laughs> So, you know, listen, it's not like anybody's going to break in and see my stuff anyway. It's nothing worth seeing, to be honest with you. Um, I want to get in and talk about some um some tight ends, uh, George. I want to pull up some rankings, early rankings. And I guess everybody still has Gronk locked in as the top tight end in fantasy. You would agree with that, correct? I would agree. But, you know, talking with, I believe it was Joe Galina yesterday, and he was telling me the MMFLs that Gronk is not the number one tight end going. So I was surprised. I think he ended up at number three. Now, that may be because people were drafting early before Gronk had said he's coming back. You know, I wonder if that's Maybe the that's reason why Gronk had yeah. slid a little. It has to be because if Gronk's playing, he's my number one. I don't think it's even all that close with uh, Kelsey and Ertz because Kelsey and Ertz, well, we don't I mean with Kelsey, is he going to have the same kind of uh, connection with Mahomes yep. that he had? Right. That he had Mahomes with, has, uh, been, Mahomes has been struggling, too, in OTAs. Yeah, so I'm going to – It's early, though. I, I'm going to – it, it is, of course, it's May. You know, and Zach Ertz, same thing, you know, Nick Foles is quarterbacking, even though Foles throws in the wall all the time as well. Uh, right now, I would have Ertz as my number two, not Kelsey. I agree with you. I'd have Ertz as my two, not Kelsey. I don't think we can – I don't think Ertz is ready for the number one conversation yet, but I can definitely see in some circles because, you know, Rob Gronkowski with the injury histories, even though he's had a couple seasons of playing all the games. So I think you see Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz as the top three in, in any way, like I said, I would worry about Kelsey also, Kelsey also because I don't trust his situation coming up this year um, with Pat Mahomes. He don't know how that's going to work. Unless he drops pretty significantly on draft day, more than likely a guy that I'm not going to be in on. And then I think it's where it starts to get interesting. And I'll start with um, Evan Ingram in New York. You got to figure with the return of Odell and the addition of Barkley, he may not get as many opportunities as he had last season. But we definitely did see a dynamic young talent in Evan Ingram. And one thing we know about Eli Manning, when he does have a tight end, he uses them. Yeah, uh, 
Listen, I like uh, the Giants' offense. I think they made a mistake drafting Barkley. You know, and I we went over that ad nauseum this morning. Uh, I think they made a mistake drafting Barkley, not because Bar- I don't believe Barkley is a great talent. I do. He's going to be a great running back. But I think at number two overall, when you have an aging quarterback, you have to take a quarterback. That, But that being said, I uh, the Giants' offense, I mean, the off- they helped the offensive line, right? You signed uh, Nate Sauter and Frey so You drafted the, the second-round guy, and the monster he is, and he's a nasty man, which is what you want in an offensive lineman, by the way. A man who's just uh, you know not happy, comes out there yeah. angry. And uh, so I, I like that a lot. Uh, I think the Giants have a sign. Not that it's great, but it's better than it what it has been. You got Barkley, true running back. So the teams have to worry about that. You got Beckham back from the broken ankle. I think he'll be fine. You got Shepard, very good uh, number two wide receiver there. There's not much depth behind after that, but still, it's solid. And then you got Ingram. Maybe some people aren't paying attention as much. I like Ingram a whole bunch. He is my number four. All right, there you go. I want to continue to discuss that and break that down. Evan Ingram situation some more in the New York Giants offense when we come back on the other side. Plus, some tight end moving and shaking. I want to talk about how that's going to affect fantasy drafts in 2018. It's the frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Hey, yo, over here. You want to win DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You got to go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. That's it, one. One dollar, one month, and start winning. Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, the executive, my man, George Kurtz, talking a little fancy football, discussing some tight ends. Before we get back to the tight end talk, George, uh, Odell Beckham has been a um, a good soldier, showing up to the minicamp, showing up to the OTAs. Everybody in giant land is saying, okay, Odell is showing some growth here. Yeah, he's not going to come to training camp. You know, I wonder. You know, and we were sort of playing conspiracy theories here. Those pictures came out of Odell like a, a while back, right? I wonder if that's why he's here. Try and get rid of that, you know, get the uh, good publicity going here. You know, get people forget about that. You know, which is a smart move, by the way. You know, show up to OTAs and, get, and give, some, give people something else to talk about. Because if you didn't, they'd be talking about that. You're not coming up here. You want the new contract, so maybe showing a little good faith here. But your training camp now is a different animal. Right? Different animal. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a statement, you want to try and get that big contract, you know, maybe you do stay away here. Uh, it's it's a tough call. You know, uh, I think you probably have a point, you know, because I, 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 I admit I'm surprised he showed up to OTAs. Mm-hmm. I am surprised. I didn't expect him to. So that's why I wonder if there's something else going on. What, is, what, is, what, he, what he and his agent have in mind here as to why he showed up all of a sudden. I didn't expect it. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. 
Julio Jones doesn't show in Atlanta. Julio Jones has three years on his current deal. And I'm like, wow, Julio Jones wants a contract. He has three years on his current deal. And don't get me wrong, I'm not ever going to side against the player, especially a football player when they're going for money in the NFL. But Julio has three years on his current deal. He wants that deal turned, torn up. He's talking about holding out. At least there's rumors, reports that he may hold out. I can I can guess that drafting Calvin Ridley probably wasn't something that Julio uh, took favorable. The thing is with Julio, he's making $14 million a year. You got guys like Mike Evans and some of these other young receivers that got their deals. They're making $17, 18000000 million a year. Uh, Julio Jones probably just says to himself, uh, I need to be making $19, 20000000 million, and I want to get them from Atlanta Falcons now before they run me out of here with Calvin Ridley. Uh, I mean, good luck to you, Julio. Uh, I think so. I agree. Yeah. Good luck. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, neither do I. You know, uh, the problem is this. Even if the Falcons agree that he's underpaid, and he is by, the, by today's uh, wide receiver standards, if you start re-signing him three years left, the agents are lining gonna up. Everybody's going to do it. Yep. Agents are lining up. How about my guy? <laughs> Let's go. Let's re-sign my guy. So I think best case scenario for Julio, maybe at this time next year, I think that's best case scenario. You know, he, he can get it done this time next year. Other than that, I don't think Calvin Ridley was a shot across his bow. I don't. I think they took. Ridley I don't think before. so either. Yeah. I think listen, Ridley, Ridley fell to them, gift from God. You know, and they just felt, how can we not take this guy? He's so he's good, top receiver uh, on the board, I and mean, he's still available. Whatever, pick twenty six, whatever they had here. So I don't think that was a shot at Julio at, at all. Uh, I just think it was the best player available. They took him there. Like I said, I think. He's, I, I can't see Atlanta renegotiating with him. Maybe. maybe if you about another best-case scenario, maybe you put incentives in there. Like they, like the Patriots don't with Gronk. You know, and you, you build up that salary a little bit more. But even then, you're still going to have agents lining up for that. It's a, it sets a very bad precedent for the Falcons. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it either. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Falcons do this offseason with Coleman. I think that's going to be very interesting. See, I think they need to bring Coleman back, but I think if they bring Coleman back and give Coleman the kind of deal he wants, I think that could signify the last days of Devontae Freeman in Atlanta. It very well could. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, once again, you mentioned earlier uh, Freeman's making the most money, so – and I think most of the guaranteed uh, money on that contract will be gone after this season. So that yep. certainly could be something you see there. It can remember we all forget. And I, when I say we all, I don't mean every. I don't mean you. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, that Tevin Coleman was going to be the starting was, running back. He was going to be the starting running back. Right. You're 100 correct. Yep. And he, he got hurt, and then uh, Freeman got the job. And more importantly, you know, Tevin's in uh, UFA after this season. He's he's, he's only making what eight hundred thousand. As far as that, he's going to be a UFA, so he's got to get paid if you want to keep him. And can you pay two? Not that he'd make as much money as Freeman, but can you still pay two running backs that amount of money? Do you have that amount of cap on your uh, your roster? Probably not. You put up the concussion histories with uh, Freeman. It's very true. Those generally only get worse. They don't get better, mm-hmm. especially for a running back. Even with the NFL's new rules that you can't lead with your head or the crap, whatever the hell they're trying they try to do there, he's still going to get hit in the head a lot. And the problem with Freeman is with the new rules in Freeman – Freeman leads with his head. <laughs> they all do. I mean, I, yep. I, I, I don't want to get off topic here, but, man, I wonder how this is going to play out. You had, uh, what, Ron Riveron the other day, or Al Rivers, the guy's name, and Riveron come out and say, there's not going to be a host of uh, people kicked out of the game here. Well, according to your rules, there is. Yep. You know, if you follow those rules, they get, it's almost natural 
And you played football, I'm sure I did. You, when you when you're gonna get hit, you put your head down to defensive position. And by I, I'm I'm dying. Well, not dying because I think I think the NFL once again they sort of fixed the catch rule, sort of. They didn't completely fix it, but now they've made a new problem here with the head rule. Now, you know, they, they just it seems like they look for problems. The national anthem they call, they cause problems here. Now this head thing they're causing problems here. I understand you're trying to get rid of this or at least slow them slow them down. Because of what's going on and getting all the lawsuits going on, the CTEs and blah, blah, blah. You have to at least act like you're doing, trying to do something. But in the end, football's football. You're going to get hit. And uh, I, I think the NFL causes more problems with a lot of these rule changes or a lot of these meetings they have than they, than they actually solve. I think one of the things with the NFL is I don't think you've ever seen a bigger business run so terrible. I can't, can't argue with you. I can't. Because I agree. Like I said, it, and it's amazing. This is a gazillion-dollar industry. You know they can hire anybody they want. The, I mentioned PR firms or any of these other firms. I'll give, to tell you pretty much what to do or at least give you the idea of what you should do. And although we don't know what that advice was, it seems like they go uh, not only against but do a 180 and do the exact opposite of what these firms must be telling them. I mean, uh, it's just, just strange how the NFL operates sometimes. I mean, a lot of it I think is just ego. Uh, they get all yep. these billionaire owners who are used to getting whatever they want. You know, we always complain about the, you know, the like the college player who uh, you know doesn't doesn't study, doesn't care because he the college is always catered to him because they want him to play, star player, all the publicity. Oh yeah, the owners are the same thing. They're used to getting everything they want. Then when someone tells them, that, no, you can't do it that way. They're like, what do you mean I can't do it that way? I'll do whatever I want to do. My bank account has 19, 19 zeros after it. You know, and I think they're they're not used to be told no or you or you can't. Yeah, they do it anyway. No, exactly, because that's the way they go. That's the way they go about it. So they, I, that's um, I, I don't see any situation where they make the right decisions, and it's been uh, worse and worse and worse every year in. So, gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, with that being said, George, let's get back into these tight ends. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine telephone number if you want to get involved. Um. After Evan Ingram, the next ranked tight end in these uh, fantasy pros consensus ranking I see is Greg Olson. I, we, we, you know, the, you know this history of North Turner and tight ends. Even though it didn't work with Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota, and he fooled people for many years with that. But obviously, Greg Olson is going to be one of the focal points of this offense yet again. Last season was the first year we really saw Olson deal with injury. Uh, Olson's still a top five tight end. 100% agree with that. Is he going to be on any of my teams? More than likely not. If I'm going to reach for a tight end, it's going to be Ingram, not Olsen. I already said I, I have Ingram ranked ahead of him. And that, yeah. that ends the tier, by the way. Ingram ends that tier. So I also oh. have the next tier, which will let you know what I think there. You know, uh, what did Bill Parcells about, say about players who are thinking about retirement? They're already retired. They're already retired. <laughs> yeah, he thought about it. You know, it looks like he had the same, uh, maybe the same option that Jason Witten had. To take that job with ESPN, decided not to. Uh... Like I said, he's in the next tier. Now, I won't say I won't have on any of my teams, but I don't think I will because there's name value there. And even though I'm dropping him, I don't know if enough other people will where he drops to round eight, round nine. I think he still mm-hmm. might go two, three rounds earlier, and I won't take him there. You know, I just won't. Uh, I might think about taking these other tight ends there. Might. But I won't be thinking about taking Olsen. He's going to go around eight, round nine. And I, I just don't see him falling there. I think... You know, he did deal with injury last year. You wonder if that's going to pop up now each and every season. Yeah, the connection with Cam Newton seemed to be a little off there. where It just wasn't quite what it used to be. So, uh, like I said, I'm a little – he's still top five for me. 
Like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't drop him down tremendously, but not quite where he used to be, where I would have loved to have had him. Next ranked tight end is one that I find interesting. Is a guy that I won't be on and won't be touching after back-to-back seasons of being all over the guy, and that is now Green Bay Packer tight end Jimmy Graham. Aaron Rodgers just don't throw the ball to the tight end. And a lot of people are excited about this and saying, okay, well, he's going to be that red zone target without Jordy there. I think Devontae Adams is the go-all-in guy in the Green Bay Packer offense. I like him as a first-round wide receiver. As far as Graham, I'm not touching Graham because I've seen a history of Aaron Rodgers ignoring the tight end position. Uh, I, I, I'll disagree with you a little bit uh, about uh, – I think uh, Rodgers will throw it up. He hasn't had a good tight end. He did throw it to Michael Finley when he was there. So uh, I think Graham will be okay. I think Jam could replace some of the, t- the touchdowns lost by Jimmy Nelson because uh, I just Jordy, – Jordy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson. Who's Jim, Jimmy Nelson? Oh, Jimmy, pitcher, Jimmy Nelson used to pitch for the Yankees. Oh, the, the Milwaukee. Okay, I thought it was Milwaukee. the Yankees. He's on with DL. He, he'll be back around the all-star break. There you go. A little baseball there you go. player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, as far as Jimmy guy can go up and get the ball on the alley-oop play, so I think that'll come in handy. But I always put him in the same category as Olsen. And what I mean by that is he's going to go earlier than I'm willing to take him, which means I'm not all that high on him either. You know, I think he's going to go around that round, round six, somewhere around there, and I want him two, three rounds later. And I just don't think that's going to happen. But I also think, you know, while it, lately they haven't had a good tight end there, I think even if uh, even if you wanted to say, and it was agreeable, that they, that Rodgers doesn't, doesn't throw to a tight end. Well, who's he going to throw to? It's only Devontae Adams there that's a true threat. You know, I love Devontae Adams. But after that, you look at Randall Cobb's numbers the past couple of years. They're blah. I mean, they're really blah. Where's like, ugh. You know, and Ger- uh, Geronimo Allison, yeah, I'm interested. But he, I don't think he's a red zone threat where you, a guy you're going to worry is going to double-digit touchdowns. So it's almost by process of elimination that it has you to think be Jimmy Montgomery, You think Ty Montgomery goes back to wide receiver? I think he's a hybrid. I think he's going to do both. I think they're going to okay. try and use him as a weapon, you know, where teams are a mismatch. You know, sometimes out of the backfield, sometimes in the slot, sometimes on the outside. I think he's all over the place. If I was drafting one of the Green Bay running backs, and this is another situation where I probably want to stay away from, you know, just too many guys there, but I would draft Jamal Williams first. Really? Over Aaron Jones? Yeah. Aaron Jones might get suspended. He uh, got caught with, uh, what, uh, was it marijuana, I believe, offhand? So I wonder how that, uh, what Goodell is going to do with that. Uh, at some point during the, uh, yeah, I guess July and August. If, uh, I'm not saying he will, but he could be. So that drops him down automatically for me right now anyway. But I think Jamal Williams is back to being the starter there. But it's a messy situation because you've got to have Aaron is. Jones there and you got Ty Montgomery there. But, a lot, you know, a lot of these teams have it, Corey. It's, uh, it's, that's, why it's, that's why I don't blame any for going running back, running back, because once you get deeper into it, you're going to deal with crap like this where you sort and of have a starter thing. but you don't know. I like the I like I've said this for I've said this for years now. When you look at the Green Bay Packers, you want the pass catching options on the Green Bay Packers. Don't go to Green Bay to find your running back. But what I will say is I'll make an amendment an, an amendment to that rule. If you go to Green Bay to get your running back, go get go get both of them. I because can't argue with that. <laughs> get both of them because if one of them hits, you want to have that guy. You think it's, it's uh, and I agree with you about not you know, about generally not taking a Green Bay running back because. They're their throw first team. They always have been. And then even when they get close to the line of scrimmage, it was like they'd be on the one-yard line. They didn't even get to give it to the running back all the time then. Rodgers still throw the ball. Yeah, all, all Rodgers will run it. Yeah, so that's why they're a frustrating team to own a running back on. But you're right. If you want to take Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, I don't really have an issue with it because uh, one could get be a touchdown guy. I don't think they get a big yardage out of him, but one could be. It wouldn't shock me if one gets 10 
But I mean, we've seen both of them have good. We've seen both of them have good games. Now, this is with this is with Hundley and not Aaron Rodgers, so it makes it it makes it a big difference. But if we do see if one of them if hits this year, I don't think at this point we're going to be able to guess which guy that's going to be. So if you want a piece of that action, I think you have to go get both. That's the way I would play it. I would either leave with zero package running back or both of them. Next tight end on the board is Delaney Walker. Solid, reliable, consistency. Getting up in age and injuries will be a thing. Plus, a new offense comes in for Marcus. Mariota, listen, I don't have a problem with Walker. Can I see him being on some of my teams this year? Yes, I can, but I would definitely get right back into the tight end pool quickly if Delaney Walker is my one. You know, it's uh, I couldn't. I was waiting for you to bring Delaney Walker up because I, I'm pretty sure it was Joe Gleaner uh, yesterday uh, was telling me that in MFL you do a lot of shows on the weekends, so you just you don't know who you're working with. Kevin Walsh, Mike Blewett, Joe Gleaner, Corey Pawson. Apparently, I have no life which is uh, <laughs> pretty much true. Uh, but Joe was telling me yesterday that in MFLs, ADP right now, Delaney Walker's going 13th. 13th? Wow. Yeah, That's I mean, the first thing I did was I'm looking at, did I miss something? Is he hurt? You know, I know he got hurt late last year, but there's nothing uh, that's uh, traveling towards this year. And I'm like, what's going on here? Why? What am I missing about Delaney Walker? He's going 13th. Tight end is not that deep. He's he should be going 13th. He's he boring. is boring, but he's safe. He's just safe. He's a guy, if you're looking at the tight end that I'm probably going to have on a lot of my teams, it's Delaney Walker. Because I think he'll be that guy that's available, maybe even later than round nine, that I can have. And I don't mind having a safe tight end because after Walker and the tight ends you're going to bring up now, it's hard to find some upside here except for one guy that I know you're going to talk about. Other than that, they're all sort of the same. Mm-mm-mm. Um, I agree with you 100% on that one, and I can see myself getting Walker. The A-Frank tight end is Kyle Rudolph. Now, Rudolph is interesting. We've seen Rudolph kind of have a renaissance from years of being nothing. Let me see him come up and have a couple good seasons. Now you bring in Kirk Cousins. We know how much in Washington Kirk Cousins loved throwing the ball to the tight end. Listen, does that mean he's going to love throwing the ball to Kyle Rudolph? I don't know. Am I willing to take that gamble? He's hurt me so many times in years in the past, Kyle Rudolph, George. I'm just like, it's so hard for me to do it, but I got to admit, going off the board at the ninth tight end, I think Kyle Rudolph could be a nice value on draft day. Yeah, you know, I got to worry about the chemistry there with, uh, Cousins. with Kirk Cousins. You know, I agree. Uh, how that's going to work. He does like the tight end because he used Jordan Reed when Jordan Reed was <laughs> you know, healthy, mm-hmm. which he uh, never was. Twice. Uh, yeah. The two times. <laughs> I'm not, I'll tell you one thing, I'm not drafting Jordan Reed. I think mm-hmm. he's an immensely talented, but that's a guy that's going to burn you. And as you said with, uh, I forget who, Delaney Walker, if you take Jordan Reed, you automatically have to take another tight end. And it can't be Vernon Davis because it's, uh, he's going to be questionable a lot of these games. You're not going to know it until game time or he's going to get hurt during the game. So I'm going to want a tight end on another team. So it's, I'm just frustrated with uh, Jordan Reed. That's an Reed. excellent point. Nobody leaves the game more than Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is a threat of leaving the game every week. I would draft Vernon Davis and leave Jordan Reed on the board, especially draft Vernon Davis with Alex Smith there now. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I think Jordan Reed's an incredible talent. And if you told me right now, you know, that you could guarantee me you know, that Jordan Reed was going to play 16 games. Hell, 14 games. He's, he's in the first 14 tier. games. He's absolutely in the first tier. The man is immensely talented, but he doesn't have the uh, that one ability that we all need, availability. Yep. And that, that keeps me away from him. I, I, just, I can't deal with players like that. Can't do it. You know, uh, that's why they'll show McCoy. Same thing. He always seems to be questionable. That injury report drives me insane. Uh, as for, like I said, I like Rudolph, though. I, but he's another safety tight end. 
You know, you're not going to, I don't think he's going to have huge numbers here. Nice, safe guy. Coming from a very good offense. Dalvin Cook's back. Uh, you got the wide receivers that teams have to worry about and Diggs and Thielen. And I think he could be a touchdown guy. So I do like Rudolph, but it's, you know, same tier here. I'll wait till double digit rounds. No doubt about it. Got some more of these tiers coming up, breaking down some tight end talk right here on the Fancy Football Frenzy. When we come back on the other side, interesting tight end that uh, changed uniforms in the offseason. We'll break him down when we come back. It's Fancy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, 844-843-6879. If you want to get involved, talk to tight ends with my man, George Kurtz. George, in the break, I was going through my Facebook uh, timeline, I guess is what you'd call it. Uh, you know, And uh, a lot of people got married uh, this weekend, yesterday. I haven't been to a wedding in years, George. Uh, you know, it's funny. I just went to one. Uh, my neighbor got married. Uh, nice. No, I think it was, was it last, I don't even know, maybe two weeks ago, whatever it was. I think, uh, whatever. It was the last week of the week before. Had a, uh, a wedding in the backyard. You know, it was his second well, nice. day of marriage. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I was you know, it was an easy, easy trip for me. You know, I, like that. <laughs> I like that. You don't have to pay for hotels and stuff like that. You so don't pay for good. nothing, man. Yeah, just me, walk Yankees, right over there. And I'm one of those guys, Corey. The Yankees were on the afternoon. So uh, I'm still, I'm leaving every night. Because I, you know, I watch a little bit of the game, then I pause it, go hang out in the wedding for a little, then I come back. And watch the game, so it was, it was great for me. This way, if I'm bored, go watch the ball game for a little bit, and then I can go back. It wasn't the greatest of weather last week, but it was uh, that was the last wedding I've been to, and before that, it had it had been quite a while. Yeah, so my friends are just not getting married. Well, they've already gotten married years ago, and um, now they're single. No, let me. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger party, the wedding of a divorce. I know, right now they're getting married. They're getting ready for marriage number two, or trying to navigate how they go around, go to these graduations, and not all uh, sit next to each other. So, oh boy, so it's good to to all the newlyweds out there. Uh, congratulations, and I'll always have your drafts, fellas. I mean, your your, your weddings. If I was to ever get married, Georgia, just can't be in the month of August because you know how that important that is to us. And God forbid, it can't be on the NFL weekend. You realize uh, I've left weddings early or not gone because they've fallen on football Sundays. You know, uh, I've declined to go to a couple that have had it on Sunday. Uh, my, I did go along with my wife a few years back, uh, a good friend of mine. I had no choice. He got married in, uh, in, uh, yeah. on a Sunday. But they had TVs, and I, I disappeared to watch. I think they had TV in the bathroom. I was hanging out in the bathroom watching the game. Uh, and I don't care. It doesn't bother me in the least. Uh, gotta, gotta, gotta watch my football. But uh, yeah, let's not let's not have uh, weddings on Sundays, folks. It's, it's NFL Sunday. Come on, I want to watch the games. Let's do better. If you're gonna have a Sunday wedding, do it in April or something like that. Right, April. Any listen, any other time is good. Any time's good. Just just not not on football Sundays. I I need that. I need my six my seventeen solid football Sundays. But now I have the greatest excuse, which I really shouldn't say out loud because my wife's in the other room. Uh, you know, uh, no, honey. 
oh, I, I, I can't go out Sunday. I can't go to your, your family's party because I have to work. Yeah, there you, know, you go. I gotta gotta work, honey. I can't do it. I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah, when when you when she gets home from the family's party, you sitting in the in the crib, six bears in, and she's like, "I thought you was working." <laughs> you like, "I got off." <laughs> yeah, but, man, but last year, last year, actually, uh, I'm doing I'm on fantasy football live, honey. I'm on the radio from one day. Can't, no, you can't go. go. The whole can't the, go. The whole afternoon. So I have to entertain the people. I have to inform the people, honey. You know, can't go. So sorry. Uh, George, Trey Burton was a player that. A lot of people were interested in seeing where he would end up um, when free agency approached. Obviously, for Philadelphia Eagle, they're locked in with Zach Ertz. Burton looks like a player that has an opportunity to go in and start somewhere, and he will get that chance this year with the Chicago Bears, which I think is one of the best fantasy fits of the offseason. You bring in a new offensive coordinator to try to get Trubisky coached up. It's going to be like you'd be bringing in a system from, from the college ranks. Uh, they go out and get Burton. Chicago Bears always have been a team that of um, focused on getting the football to the tight end. I think they'll continue to do that. They brought some pass catchers in there, but Burton is definitely going to be one of them to, to get a lot of work. And let me tell you something. This is I'm interested in Trey Burton as a Chicago Bear. He's going to be on some fantasy executive football teams in 2018, George. He was the player that I, when I mentioned earlier, the player I was waiting for you to mention, it was Trey Burton. Yep. So I, I'm with you here. I like Burton a lot. Yeah, I think he was good with the Eagles. I don't think that was uh, because of the offense. I think he is a good player in his own right. And, uh, you know, you being the, you and I are the Cowboy fans. If Dallas would have known that Jason Witt was going to retire when free agency began and Burton was free, I wonder if they made a hard – they did uh, contact him, but I wonder if they would have made a harder play for him because uh, I think he would have been perfect for that Cowboy offense as well. Burton is another player who I expect to have on quite a few of my teams. See, I think he'll be available – around where I want to take tight ends, which is in double-digit rounds. And I think he'll be a player that I'm looking for. What you said about Trubisky, I agree with. I think you're a big target over the middle. Also, the weather sometimes in Chicago not the greatest, so it's easier for the shorter throws than the deeper ones. I like Burton a whole bunch. Jack Doyle is the next-ranked tight end. He comes in as the 10th-ranked tight end. Andrew Luck, if he's back, we know what Luck is about. Luck likes to get the ball to the tight end. Now, they also brought in Ebron. Do you think – how much do you think that affects Doyle or do you think, you know what, it is what it is. Let's forget about Ebron now. Ebron's a safety net. This is Jack Doyle's thing. Uh, I mean, it does affect. I mean, it's, listen, it's not like Ebron's going to be a number two tight end blocking tight end. No, he's, he's not. not. That's not what he does. And not that he's ever excelled as a pass catcher either. But uh, I thought it was a strange – Match here with Ebron with Indiana. I don't know why they like they to have. This. They like to have. The, they like to have. They two like tight the second ends. Thing, right, with Dwayne Allen. I, I get it, but I don't. I don't think I'd have brought in Allen. But I don't. Before we talk about any of these guys, you already said it. Talk to me about Andrew Luck. Are you going to guarantee? If I'm drafting today, you tell me Andrew Luck's playing Week One. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. You know. So I, I'm not touching Indianapolis right now. Really, it's, it's outside of T.Y. Hilton. I won't even take him too high because I'm going to worry uh, about you know Jokowi being the quarterback there. Until I find out about luck, I really want very little to do with Indianapolis. I kind of feel like Reich doesn't take this job without knowing. Well, then it came in. I had opportunity. I kind of feel like Josh McDaniels, better way to go about it. I feel as if Josh McDaniels, when he originally agreed to take the job, McDaniels, I think he wants to know what Andrew Luck's role is going to be. If Andrew, what's the, what do they think about Andrew Luck before he takes that job and leaves Tom Brady? Well, so I feel is, I'm optimistic about Luck, even though he hasn't thrown a football in over 500 days. 
I, I'm with you. I'm optimistic as well. I do think he plays this season, but I'll go the different. Is, is that the reason why McDaniel's backed out when he realizes, oh no, man, maybe Luck's not going to play. You know, maybe there is problems here, or maybe he's going to play but not be the same quarterback and go on and on like this. Once again, these are conspiracy theories. There's no proof yet. We don't. Well, know. well, McDaniel's has a relationship with Brissett, obviously. Yeah, I mean, so uh, you look at it that way too. You, You're you, right. You can. You 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 can. You can. And listen, it could be the opposite thing. Maybe Kraft actually did go to McDaniel. Listen. Belt, belt is only going to be at two more years. Why don't you hang out? You know, we'll pay you good money. It's not 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 head coach money, but good money, and you you'll take over the job here. And maybe that was enough. It could be that too. You know, there's a lot of ways you can uh, you could go here with this. Uh, as for Frank Reich, I, I you can't. It's hard to turn down a head coaching job. No doubt. I mean, there's only 32 of you. It's hard to turn it down. So I don't. Especially uh, I don't when know. it's your time. Yeah, I mean, you would think he has uh, good feeling, but the. I, I, what I truly believe is the bottom line is, especially when Reich was hired, I don't think anybody knew. I still, I'm still not sure they know. I think they feel better about it, but I'm not sure they know. He had a complicated surgery he had. He admitted he didn't follow the rehab schedule the way he should have. He tried to uh, come back quicker. And you know, people have slammed him for that, which is kind of funny because well, don't we get mad at players when they don't try to come back? And now we're getting married for somebody who did try and come back. I mean, what do you want, guys? They botched it. The, the, the Colts organization botched it. They should have, when he first got injured in 2015, they should have made him have the surgery then, like Cam did. When Cam got hurt in that offseason, Carolina said, go get the surgery. Uh, the, the Colts told Luck, keep playing on it, and he, and he ruined it. Well, they screwed up many times. I mean, you kept drafting wide receivers instead of drafting offensive linemen. I mean, you got to realize you got to protect your, your best asset here. And then Ursay coming out and saying, well, what, last year that it's, he thinks it's all in his head? Oh, yeah, that's a smart thing to say. I mean, <laughs> uh, really, I mean, it's, it's just amazing sometimes that people just don't have a filter and don't think before they talk. One thing about this, uh, right quick to touch back on the New England Patriots situation, you notice that uh, Kraft moves the heir apparent to Tom Brady but keeps the heir apparent to Bill Belichick? It's, it was strange, right? I'd, I'd I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I do. But it's inter- <laughs> I, f- I find that interesting. Uh, so do I. You're not the first person to bring this up to me either, by the way. Uh, so I've heard this before. Not in detail, but I've heard this before. Of people wondering uh, about that. It really is a three-way power struggle, right? They all it want really credit. It really is. Kraft mm-hmm. wants the credit. Brady wants the credit. Belichick wants the credit. That's where the, the cracks in the foundation are forming here. You know, years ago, they, they, they were all fine with it. Just wanted to win. Now they all want the credit. You know, this is what broke up the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson in a much shorter period. I, I was going to say the same thing. Right? Because Jerry Jones wanted the credit. And, uh, and Jimmy Johnson. You know, so. There was a lot of alcohol involved in, 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 in with those two. Just a wee bit. <laughs> Just a wee bit of a little nip they may have had there. So uh, I, I agree, though. I think it's uh, – it's interesting uh, that, you know, and then Garoppolo gets sent away as far away as possible. I think geographically, it literally is as far away as possible, New England to San Fran. It wasn't because Brady didn't want the, his heir apparent on the team, you know, which is still in my mind a little silly. You know, you're still Tom Brady. You're still the, you're still the GOAT, still playing at the GOAT level. So you really worry about Garoppolo taking your job? Or was it just because New England knew they were going to lose him anyway and wanted to get uh, whatever they could for him? So uh, it was a, a lot of drama there. I don't know if we'll ever know the truth. But there was certainly a lot of drama, uh, and it still is, going on in New England. Okay, so this is interesting right here, not to change the subject. So this is Mobile, Alabama, Senior Bowl, 2017. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is now the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, coming off a horrible Super Bowl game plan. 
they go to the in Mobile. Bill Belichick approaches Kyle Shanahan in Mobile, and he says to him, "Um, oh, I, this is basically the conversation went like this. He approaches, I believe, Shanahan approaches Belichick, and he says, "Listen, I'm trying to get the Cousins thing done more than likely, but what's the deal with Garoppolo?" Belichick tells him, "No chance, no shot. Garoppolo is not available." Shanahan says to Belichick, "I figured that." But wanted to kick the tires on Garoppolo. It does make you wonder: Did, did yep. Brady force that trade? You know, did he, Brady force 100% that trade? One hundred percent certain he he forced that trade. One hundred percent certain that Tom Brady forced that trade. It's because Shanahan it, said when he when when they, when when the general manager called him and told him Garoppolo is on the table, he was like, "How? Are you serious?" Because their plan was to go get Cousins. But when Garoppolo became available, it was like, hold the presses. We're going to get Garoppolo and cheaper than what we thought we would have to pay for him. Yeah, cheaper all around, right? You know, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it, it worked out great for San Fran. I said, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is more, was more Brady. He forced the hands. Then I think it's sort of what started the problem here. And I know the, uh, I forget who, it, actually, even if I can remember, I think it's the columnist for ESPN who wrote the big piece in ESPN, the magazine last year, uh, pretty much said the same thing. Uh, yeah, I said, it's strange. You know, and we see this with Ben Roethlisberger too, right? And another guy is all worried about Mason Rudolph taking his job. Really? You really you really worried about this? Are you just trying to be a prick? You know, that you really worried about these guys? I guess with Brady it makes a little bit more sense because Belichick has proven in the past that he's not afraid to move on mm-hmm. from players who still have something left. He's done that multiple times. You know, with Ty Law, uh, Vince Wolfer, he's not afraid to move on there. You know, once again, save salary cap money and go to a player he has here. But I got to think. Tom Brady is in a little bit different ilk there. I mean, really, mm. it's a little bit different ilk there. You, you're talk, like I say, once again, if you're not the GOAT, you're damn close to it. You know, and you're, making, you're not uh, overly expensive for the team because you've been really generous as far as not taking the top money. So I don't know if they would have been so anxious to move on from you. And the bottom line is, I don't know if they could have afforded both. You know, Garoppolo no. and Brady. And I don't know if Garoppolo would have wanted to say, I don't think they would have, I don't think they would have franchised Garoppolo. Maybe, but I don't think they would have. So Garoppolo would have had a say if he wanted to stay in New England and be the backup, but still get paid like a starter. You know, so it's, it's intriguing here, the whole situation. And it would have come down to Belichick believing two things. One, is Brady serious about playing until he's 45? In which case, I can't, and there's no point in keeping Garoppolo because you're not going to keep him for three, four more years. And two, if he is serious, can he still play at a high level? You know, maybe Belichick didn't believe that, in which case he wanted the Garoppolo to take over. It's, 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 it's so much intrigue here. And I also wonder this. You know, are Brady and Belichick sort of tied uh, at, at the hip here, where when one retires, the other one retires? You know, does you Belichick see? really even want to play, even want to coach without him, or does he want to prove that he can win without him? He wants to prove that. I, I, honestly speaking, if they don't trade Garoppolo, I think they might have cut him. I think they might have cut Brady. Because I what else is there to oh. what else is there to prove? You got this dude in his forties. You got his heir apparent ready to play, coming up on the end of a contract. The New England Patriot way would it be to get rid of Tom Brady. Now that would have been blasphemy, obviously, but and and Robert Kraft would have never done that. But I guarantee you, Bill Belichick would have thought about it. Oh, I I agree with both both parts of what you said. 
I, I, I certainly think Belichick would have thought about it, and Kraft would never would have done it because they wouldn't have wanted to lose that relationship with Brady for you know future mm-hmm. years to bring him back and all this other stuff. Uh, but man, that's where Tom Brady's money is probably going to be uh, given to him at. He'll probably be an ambassador to the New England Patriots, and he'll probably come off the books as a player, and he'll yeah. go on the books as a member of their staff, and they'll pay him handsomely. That's it's where great, Tom Brady. It's a great way to skirt the cap. Yep, that's where Tom Brady will get his money from. You know, he'll be yeah. one of those guys when they have events for season ticket holders and stuff like that. Yeah. Brady will make an appearance there and get $5 million. Something, that's how Brady will get his money from the New England Patriots. You know, I never really thought about the car. I think that's a fantastic point, by the way. I mean, really fantastic. I think, uh, I think you're probably almost spot on there. Almost mm-hmm. spot on there. The way Kraft doesn't want to lose that. He doesn't want to lose that, uh, that relationship with Brady. Sort of what would happen. With, I know Green Bay and Brett Favre have thawed now, but they, they, he doesn't, didn't want to go through the same thing. Because I, I, I have a hard time believing Belichick, being the smart man he is, didn't at least think about it. You know? No doubt. And I, think, and I think Brady knew this, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, put the kibosh on it. So uh, I said, you, you, could write, you could write a whole book on this, on what's going on in New England. It's becoming what the Cowboys were in the 90s. That, yeah, and it's probably going to be a book written on these, these final years of the New England Patriot dynasty. And, uh, and I'll be glad to pick it up and, and revel in it because I'm obviously not happy about it. Um, next two tight ends to be ranked uh, are Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert. So here's the thing. Let me tell you, fantasy owners, Jordan Reed is going to be questionable, right? And he's <laughs> going to miss four or five games. And he's going to leave another two games. Tyler Eifert's not going to play. He's going to be put on the IR with a back injury. I guarantee you. Uh, I'm not touching either one. Yeah, I already mentioned I have really no interest in Eifert whatsoever. I don't even like Andy Dalton for crying out loud. So uh, I'm, I'm not touching him. Uh, I, like I said, I would have some interest in Reed if you could guarantee. It's not the fact that he's questionable. It's the fact that he leaves so many games. You know, if, I, if you could put the over-under on 12 games, he's going to play 12 games and just miss four. I could live with that. But not only is he going to miss the four, but you said it, he's going to leave three other games early after the first quarter. And I can't deal with that. That's the problem there. It's not just him missing games. It's that he leaves so many games early. That's the, a bigger issue for me. So I won't have either one of these guys. Um, and definitely not Eifert. I could see Reed uh, as my second tight end because he's just there. And maybe uh, I, I, there's no one else I want to take as a reserve. But I really take two tight ends. Rarely. I'm not doing the Mike Cardano and drafting four tight ends here. Oh, God. So, uh, sorry, Mike. I'm throwing you under the bus. But, um, yeah, so I'm not going to have Reed or Eifert. No, thank you. All right, so my man, George Kirsch, thanks a lot, brother. Good hanging out with you, talking tight ends. I want to thank everybody um, for uh, rocking with us today. Make sure you download On Demand each and every week. Weekend edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Pushing closer and closer to NFL and Fantasy Football 2018. For my man, George Kirsch, I'm the Fantasy Executive. We are out. We'll be right back.